Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Allison, your host and creator of the Locally Sourced Podcast. On today's episode, I will be speaking with Justin. Justin is the owner of Barefit Athletics. Barefit Athletics is a group training facility that caters to athletes of all ages. Justin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Uh, pleasure to be here and uh, chat about my business. Do you want to just start talking about yourself and how you found yourself where you are now? Uh, yeah. So quick background is, uh, you know, I grew up in Wakefield where my business is located. Um, you know, I grew up playing sports all the time, lifting, training for sports. Um, through some injuries and stuff like that is how I ended up in the field that I'm in now. So I got recruited to play sports in college. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, due to my injuries, I wasn't able to play football in college. So I ended up coaching at uh, my local high school and I was a power lifter at the time and I would be training at the high school gym because it was free and I had no money being a broke college kid. So from that, some of the kids would come in the gym and just be like, Hey man, you're pretty strong. Is there any chance we can lift with you? And I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, we're all coaching you in football. So we want everybody to be strong anyways, you know? Um, so I was happy to do that. And, you know, after a year or two doing that, like, I was kind of just at community college, just trying to figure things out because I wasn't sure what I was going to do without playing football. And some of the kids were like, hey, man, you're pretty good at this. Like, we've gone to other gyms. We've paid other people. Like, you're a better trainer than these other guys are. You know, you should think about doing this long term. So segueing into the next section would be that, you know, that's how I ended up going to Salem State. Um, at that point, like, I was like 23 or whatever. So I had been coaching for a couple of years. And uh I ended up doing track and field while I was there. So I found something that I could do. I couldn't play football anymore. So, but at least I had some fun doing that. I was still coaching football and track and field at the high school. At the same time, I was in college competing. So I commuted there. Uh, that's where I ended up graduating from. And I got my degree in exercise science. And uh, that was in 2008. After that, like me and a couple guys founded a strength conditioning program at the high school. This is after I, I worked at Mike Boyle Strength Conditioning right out of college, which I trained there in college as well. And I just didn't like some of the things that we were doing, like how we were doing things there. Like he has very specific stance on how he feels about certain things. And I'll get into that later when we talk about how I train my athletes and what we do. Um, so I founded uh, a program at our high school and I worked there for five years. Um, and then I split and I went to work at a friend's facility for a couple of years. And then I finally decided, hey, you know, it's time to just do this on my own. Um, so I started as a sublet and then I went from a sublet uh, into the business I'm in now. And that's, that's an amazing story. Wow. Yeah, that's where I'm at. So it's been a roundabout kind of way. Yeah. Five knee surgeries, a whole bunch of other stuff. I got a bunch of other health issues now and stuff, but you know, we're pushing through and the business is growing. So I'm happy. What kind of injuries did you have in high school? Did you just play football? Or were there other sports as well? Uh, yeah. So when I started in high school, um, freshman year, I played football, basketball, and baseball. Um, that was the only year I played all three of those. Uh, sophomore year, I hurt my knee. Um, I tore my patella tendon um, during football. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I went to a bad doctor who gave bad advice, just put me in a brace and said, hey, whatever, go play back. And so I went and played basketball. I ended up really like trashing my, like my knee got beat up pretty bad. And so I'm again, he said, yeah, just more PT. No problem. Doesn't work. Doesn't worry. I ended up quitting baseball and I joined track and field that year, um, throwing shot put and jab just I was a pitcher in baseball and uh you know so I trained for that summer coming in would have been going into junior year um like two days into practice like we were just running sprints like I planted my foot to cut and like my knee gave up 
went to see another doctor who was much more well-regarded. And, uh, you know, he said, yeah, I'm not sure how this other doctor missed this. He's like, you got a tear here. Like, you're going to need surgery. Um, you know, I'm going to put you in PT for now. He said, like, you know, pretty much I couldn't do any more damage that I'd already done. They gave me a brace. And, like, I was only able to play, like, the last, like, four or five games of my junior year as well. So I missed a full year and a half because of that. And then at the end of the season, I had surgery. So I did nothing during winter. And then, you know, I was supposed to be out until May or June after the surgery was in December, but I just did like track, like I just did shop, but I just did it standing in place. Still made states, so that worked out well. <laughs> oh, it did, yeah, that's awesome. And that just shows your, um, how you take over adversity. Now, did that impact you and how you look at training now with all these kids in high school? Oh yeah, 100%. So that's, uh, you know, and I hear things like, you know, like, I mean, I have kids come to my gym, they're 11 years old, they've already had ACL surgery and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, or UCL surgery for Tommy John or whatever the case is. And, you know, and my parents always come to me and say, you know, oh, my kid's 10 and it's too young for him to start training and lifting. And I go, okay, well, was it too young for him to go on the field and, and pitch seven days a week and have Tommy John surgery at 11? Because if you're telling me yes to that, then you're just like, and I don't want to say that, but like, I'm like, you're kind of like Looney Tunes. I'm like, there is no, so if you're going to put them in a position where they can be injured from not having the strength to keep themselves from not getting injured, then you're kind of doing your kid a disservice, you know? So I mean, I started training when I was 12, and unfortunately, because of football, some injuries are unavoidable when some other dude who's your size thrashes into the side of your leg where you're standing in place. But, like, overuse injuries at 10 years old should be <laughs> – this should not be happening, you know. So, And nowadays, it's actually probably worse than when I was growing up because everybody played different sports. You play, Like, even when I was doing that, I was still playing pickup soccer, pickup basketball. I'd still play, you know, baseball, my friends, whatever, even when I was doing the other sports. And now it's just like – okay, my kid's seven. Yeah. He's on this soccer team, that soccer team, this soccer team, that soccer team, whatever it's basketball. It's just basketball. It's baseball. It's just baseball. And it's like, you know, eight years old. I don't mean, unless the kid's a savant, like a uh, tiger woods playing golf or something. I'm like, it doesn't make much sense. I go, the only thing that's probably going to happen at that young of an age is an overuse injury or you're going to burn them out. One or the other, you shouldn't really specialize. You know, I say until maybe your sophomore, junior year of high school, when some coaches in a sport come calling for call, you know, and that's if you choose, if you like the sport, some coach comes and says, Hey man, we're looking to give you a scholarship. Okay. They want to give you a scholarship and say, you know, baseball. Okay. Well, maybe I don't want to play football anymore because I don't want to get hit. I don't want to hurt my shoulder. I want to hurt my arm, whatever. That makes sense. If someone's not doing that, just have fun, be a kid, you know, like experience everything. I think that's the hardest thing for parents to understand, especially when uh, like certain towns are just sport focused and it's just so hard to do multiple sports to just give your kid, you know, they don't have to do the summer travel league, just let them hang out and enjoy the summer. And like you said, I've seen injuries and some of the kids is just overextend use shoulder injuries or they need PT for their knees and back. And it's just like, that's what you get when you're like 40 or 30. So it's just, it's hard to see those kids being overworked. And, you know, it's, it's hard to see. I was once a teacher and you see those sports coming ahead of all the academics and it's not to say it's bad, but you're giving the child this ideal that sports is going to be their gateway to a career, to a successful accomplishment, whereas they need everything academics, whatever it may be, job skills, occupational skills, in addition to sports. And like you said, they might just get burnt out. I know kids who went off to college and they went for a sport and just stopped freshman year. It was just too much. They couldn't handle the 5 a.m. practices, going to school, and then the 7 p.m. practices. It's just even now they do doubles or they go practice for one private team. They practice for the public team and then they practice for another league. 
Yep. It's a lot. I mean, I don't think I, I did a few things like that in high school, but I think by the end, I was like, okay, I tried track in college and it was just too much to handle all at once because of that, but you're still very young in college. Who knows mm-hmm. if you can handle, you know, a division, even division three school, it's, it's, you're still putting in all that hard work. So I totally yeah. get where you, you know, you try to convince the parents that take a break. You don't have to do sports year round. They still might get that scholarship if you skip a year or skip a summer. Um, it's hard. It's It's funny. I mean, it's funny that you say it that way because I had that conversation with everybody and obviously, you know, I own this performance facility where I'm training these kids, you know, so I say to them, I go, even if a kid wants to go division three or whatever, field hockey, hockey, baseball, whatever. And they're like, and I'm like, you need to be training in the gym, even two days a week in season, three days a week in season, you know, not just off season. They're like, yeah, you're just saying that because like, you don't, you want to make money. And it's like, okay, yeah, I need to pay my bills. I get that. But I'm just telling you, I, I even I competed at, you know, I was recruited division one. I, I ended up playing division three because of injuries. I go, I've coached hundreds of kids that have gone on to college. Okay. If a hundred kids go 90 kids quit and the 90 kids who quit were kids who didn't train year round in high school because they went to the division three college where they thought it would just be fun. Then all of a sudden they had to do two hours of films, three hours of practice and all this stuff, five days a week. And then they come back after they quit and they go, coach, you were right. I should have listened to you. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm not like blowing smoke up your ass. I I even say to them, I go, it'd be great if you came to my gym because I know that I can help you. But I say like, you better go somewhere because this is going to be like, I don't know if you understand it, but you get a scholarship. I go, that's your job. Like, Right, right. Even if it's division three school, even if it's a low school. Right. You're not getting money in your bank account, but they're giving you a transaction for you. Like your job is to show up and compete for them. Right. Better learn the skills (laughs) younger, because if you do want to be successful as a career sport athlete, you're going to be doing it your whole life. So might as get get the skills now, use the techniques and the motivation that you learn now and just move on. You can't just rely on your talent. mm -hmm. And the two biggest things that I learned from it is just discipline and facing adversity, you know, so it's like and, you know, like time management skills, like I'd say I'm a procrastinator, but I learned how like I can use my time when I need to use my time because of not having time when I was doing multiple things. Like I was in school full time. I was working full time. I was starting to run my training business full time and coaching, you know, so I was doing four things simultaneously and I didn't fail at any of them because of ways like I use sport training and all that stuff to develop discipline to do the things I needed to do exactly when I needed to do them. And it's something you learn over time through just mistakes and something you grow with maturity as you learn once you're out of high school and college, you're off on your own. You, no one's there to grade you. No one's there to uh, suspend you or throw you on the sidelines. You're literally on your own figuring it out. Was that stuff you, were those techniques or coping techniques you learned through high school? Was there a coach that kind of embedded that mindset into you? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. My football coaches that I had, uh, the three main, you know, was uh, my offensive defensive line coach, you know, they were, I don't want to say hard on us, but they were hard on us. They expected a lot. You know, we were a good, Wakefield was a good team when I was in high school. You know, we went to three Super Bowls in five years. Uh, You know, we won the only state championship when I was there, Um, you know, and it was always the same way that I coached when I was there was that like, if you showed up, even if you were a lesser player, but you put in the effort to show that you cared and you worked hard every day, you were always given an opportunity which is to me, that is the definition of life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're willing to put in the work, someone somewhere, it might not be exactly where you want, but someone's going to give you a shot. Um, You know, I've yet to meet somebody who's willing to do everything that's necessary. It's ass of them, 
And then somebody looks at them and goes, ah, smell, you know, see you later. That just doesn't like, and like I said, maybe that particular business or something in life might not work, but I bet you if you're good to them, even they'll give you a recommendation to somewhere that might be a better fit for you. But if you're just a kid who shows up or a guy who shows up or a girl and just like, ah, screw it, whatever, I don't like it. I'm not going to try. Like that doesn't work anywhere for anything you know so <laughs> and that's tough in high school when you have that high school mentality of being so talented and um advancing in a, so certain sports it's like i don't need to do all the training i'm going to rely on my talent and then all of a sudden you get to college it's a vision one two or three and you realize i have the same talent yeah. as everyone else next to me they're probably 10 times more talented than me and then you're like okay do i do i put in the hard work that I didn't do in high school because I was just relying on my talent. And that's, mm -hmm. I think that's the hardest thing, you know, as a high schooler going into transitioning to college is you never cross train, you didn't do straight training because you always just relied on your talent. Have you noticed yeah. that with athletes? Oh yeah, and those are when I said like the 90 out of the 100 kids that end up quitting, even the kids are on scholarship and they just don't hack it because like what they don't realize. And like I say it to them, I go, okay just look at your own like we look at our own team let's say like we'll say wakefield i go okay there's seven of you on this team that are league all-stars so that means there's seven of you that are probably good enough to play division three college not division one not division two division three okay now out of those seven one is the uh, all conference so like you know large small whatever okay i go now you're maybe moving up to division two okay and then i say okay that one same kid now he's an all-scholastic i go now that kid's got a shot I go, how many kids are on the team? 75. I go, okay, so one of you has a shot to go to one AA, maybe division one, dependent on your skill set. Okay, that one kid who had the skill set didn't train at all. Now picture every other kid just in the state of Massachusetts who has the same skill set as you, who was also an all-scholastic with you, but did train. Now, Boston College is going to recruit one kid from Massachusetts onto their team this year. Are they going to pick the one kid who did nothing and just has good talent or the kid who has the same talent and did everything? Okay, now we're only talking Massachusetts. Okay, now what about the rest of the world? You know, and like, I'm like, there's 25 million high school football players or something like that every year. It's a ridiculous number. I go, okay, the NFL has 53 people on their team. There's 32 teams. I go, that's not, you know, we're talking 1,500 people. I go, we're going from 20 million to 1,500. That's less than one, per, you know, that's 0.001, whatever percent. I go, if you think that you being here with your talent and Wakefield is going to be that 0.001% without doing anything, you're out of your mind. You know, but they don't want a lot of kids. I'm like, you know, I was probably guilty of it at some point, but you know, like <clears throat> I didn't stay pursuing that. I just said like, okay, my knees hurt. I can't play. Like, I'm not going to chase. I didn't, you know, the school I went to, I didn't stay there because I'm like, I was only here to play football, but I realized football is not going to make me money. If I can't play football, my scholarship is gone. I don't even like this school. So that's why I left and figured out something else. And now I am where I am. Especially when they may have parents who are always on their back about do, doing sports and, you know, succeeding in sports. And that's the other piece is not only do they have to succeed for them and, you know, you have, they have their parents pressure. I think that's so hard for kids. Even back when we were in high school, it's the pressure of thinking I have to be the best. And, um, you know, some kids who aren't the best, like you said, are in the background training every day. And that will prepare them for whatever they come become after high school. Um, that's I mean, the I'll hardest say, part. Yeah, some of the most successful adults now that I, you know, that I know, you know, they're in their 20s. Some of the kids that I coached are in their 30s now, you know, um, were not the kids that were starters, that were league all-stars. They were the kids that did show up, work their ass off, put in all the effort. And I always give them an opportunity, but they even, 
even if they never played a down on varsity football or never threw one throw in a varsity meet, they always still came up and shook my hand and said, thanks coach for every opportunity you gave me, this is going to help me. And like, those are the kids now. I mean, some of those kids got, <laughs> you know, they got a wife, they got a kid, they got a house, they got whatever, like shit, half of them are doing better than I am, you know, where I'm at, you know, trying to do it by myself. But, you know, that I take pride in that, that they grew that far and they still come back 10 years later and say, Hey coach, you know, thanks for the lessons like that taught me that what I needed to do to get better. You know, that stuff matters to me. I think it helps that you went to high school, you did all the sports and you had adversary adversity with your surgeries and injuries. It might've gave you a more reality to how to approach these kids as a coach as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a big thing that they always say to me is that like, you know, it's not that like I try to be their friend, so to speak, but it's like that I treat them as an equal. So the level of respect, like they never like, I never have to like say yell at them or whatever to get them to do something. If I just say, Hey guys, you know, could you just do this? And they're like, yeah, coach, we got that. No problem. Because that I've treated them at that same level, but they also know that like, if they were out of line, they're still going to get disciplined. Like, you know, I've benched kids for halves or full games. Like, Hey man, you missed both lifts this week. Yeah. Great. You're a league all-star. You're a left tackle. Well, you're going to sit up the first half. The other kids that don't play or whatever, they see that and they go, wow, the coach doesn't spool around but I never have to get angry about it. It's just like, these are the rules. You either follow them or you don't. And there's the consequences you're going to pay. When you learn that, then it treats you better, you know, in life as you go long-term, like, Hey man, you know, <laughs> as much sucky you work in business boss says, Hey, this report's going to be on a Friday. You don't return the report and guess what happens? You get fired, man. Like they don't care. Like, you know, Hey, you missed a half a football game. That's not a big deal. Getting fired from your job, and <laughs> you know, maybe losing your apartment or something. That's a little bit more of a big deal. So, you know, if you can learn that, younger it'll treat you know it'll be better for you as you you age too no and I totally agree how do the parents respond to things like that is that hard when you have a child like you said who's uh always starting always hitting the downs always doing the plays what happens with that type of situation uh I mean so I can only speak from my experience as a coach is that I always had every single player that I coached had to sign a contract to start the season um you know their grades were required to be a certain level to compete you know they had to like like I said, if we had film session, they had to be there. If they had listen sessions, they had to be there. They had to follow all these things. You know, I'm always super fair too. Like this football playing time or track and field, it's it's very cut and dry. You know, because if I have it, like I always said, I might have a senior who throws 40 feet. That's great. If I got a freshman who throws 50, nobody knows, nobody questions why the freshman is thrown in the meet versus the distance is the distance. You know, football, they say, you know, it's a little bit, it's like basketball. It's, it could be a little bit more subjective to some degree, you know, but the kids would say, I said, you know, I always had an open thing. It was every Tuesday would be like, you know, if you were the second string player and you thought you deserved more playing time, the first string player, you were allowed to do like, we'd do like one-on-one drills, you know, and like we would do like best of five. If you can beat them, well, I'll give you the start that week. Ultimately they pretty much never beat them. So therefore, but they were always given the opportunity, you know, to get that choice, you know? And I said, sometimes, Hey, they got a little closer. Maybe I'd let them start you know, give them a couple, give them a series or whatever. And then I, you know, put the regular starter back in, but ultimately it is like, I mean, even watch the pros. I go, there's a, yeah, they're all getting paid, but there's always one who's just that little bit better than the other ones, you know? And it's like, if you come down, I would say to the parents, they're like, they're like, well, Johnny tells me he kicks, you know, Joey's ass all the time. And he's kicking. I go, listen, you're welcome to come to practice and you can watch them. I don't care. Open practice. Come on down. I go see Johnny over there. Yeah, that's Joey. He's pushing him 15 yards downfield every single play. I don't, your son's lying to you. I'm sorry to tell you, you know what I mean? But like, that's just the way that it is. But I go, you're welcome to come see it (laughs) if you want to, you know, and like we used to, you know, sometimes we would film practices and then they would see it. It's just like, I'm sorry to say it is what it is. Like, (laughs) 
think that, you know, it's funny. It's so, I think it's just helpful. It's helpful for the, both the parents and the kids to take responsibility for themselves and their actions. And the fact that you're keeping this open door policy and this honesty is how I think a lot of coaches should look into it because then you're allowing them to assess it for themselves and to answer to themselves and to change for themselves. Because if you're just saying, well, you know, they did, I'm just not choosing them just because that's me. I'm not the coach. That's not, I, that's just not the way it should work. I think, you know, yep. the way you're giving them the opportunity to take responsibility and to work towards what they actually want is a life lesson that a lot of, I think, high school athletes should have. And I'm sure that's why they come to you and your facility afterwards, because you've taught them. If you want to put that's in the what, hard work, you come to my what? facility afterwards, you know, I'm good for it. You know, I'm honest with you. You know, I, I come out with results. I think that might be, you know, that to me, if that was me and I was an athlete, I'd be like, heck yes, I'm going to go to that guy's training facility. Cause look how far he's brought me in high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody gets this. I don't, you know, someone, you know, I've had parents say like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so is only thrown further because you spend more time with them. I go, no, so-and-so is thrown further because they also trained the other nine months out of the year. They showed up to the extra practices. They showed up to the captain's practices. They did all the extra stuff. And I go, they don't get any, like, there's no like tips or tricks. Like I'm not holding the golden technique away from your kid. I go, this other person just happened to do a thousand more throws to get their technique right than your son or daughter has done. And that's why they're behind. Also, your son or daughter is half as strong because they don't lift any weights. I go, I'm sorry to tell you, especially when it comes to track and field, I go, the shot put, if you're a girl, weighs 8.8 .8 pounds. That's never going to change. So I go, if I have a girl who benches 200 and a girl who benches 75, you're going to be able to impart more. This is simple physics, right? Like you can put more force into the implement. It's going to go further. I, I, you know, and that's why track and field was pretty simple with that. And like, people might get upset about it, but it's like, listen, the open door. Everyone was welcome to come train. Everyone was welcome to come throw. I go, there's 20 of you. Five of you showed up. The five who showed up happened to be the five best on the team. I wasn't telling them anything different. I could have walked over to some other team. I could have walked over to Stoneham and told those girls the same thing. You know, like when you were there, if they were the ones who came over and showed up, then those five girls would beat my five girls from Wakefield. I don't care. It's you were willing to do the work. I was willing to help you. Granted, on a meet day, I don't want that to happen. But <laughs> in general, I just want to help kids get better. So now, is that why you went from coaching into creating a facility? What was your goal as you started to come up with this facility idea? Yeah, so that was a big thing for me was that like, you know, I felt like I could have more reach and more availability to help more local teens or even youth, you know, below teens, below high school. You know, I train kids starting in like fourth grade now, which is great. And I wish I could get even more coming at that age so that they would learn. Cause I use like a long-term athlete development style of training where you start and you have to build a foundation to get up to the level where, you know, I have kids that are seniors this year that have graduated the last couple of years, you know, they're trained with six, seven years, you know, and they're doing stuff that, you know, a lot of kids in college might not be able to do because they don't start training until they're a junior. So that's the whole thing with the field is that it's not necessarily how old you are. It has to do with how well-rounded you are as a trainee, you know, like you have to learn, like, if you can't do a good squat with just your body weight, well, we're not going to do back squats. So a kid who comes to me in fourth grade right now is going to learn how to do a great body weight squat. He's going to do that. He's going to add weight. He's going to be whatever. By the time he's senior high school, he's going to be crushing it compared to his body weight. 
versus someone who waited until they were like going into their senior year and they're like, Oh, I got elected captain. I need to train now because I got to be better. And it's like, yeah. And then you come in the first day and I'm like, you can't do a push up. Like, well, a proper push up, like the no, proper, proper form. Or anything, you know, well, you know, like, like killed your shoulders and stuff. And right. I think, and I hate to interrupt, but I think that's the hardest thing. Like, I see when I used to go to the Y, I worked right across the street. I would see all these kids just lifting tons of weight. I'm like, that kid's going to blow out of his back or do, mm-hmm. you know, they're deadlifting just to show off. I'm like, you're going to hurt yourself. And there's, I love the Y, and, you know, they do have trainers, but they're not there to, actually show you how to properly deadlift I don't even know but I think it's just you know they're all signing up for planet fitness because they all want to lift and get big but you know that's the thing I I mean I get that a lot too is that like you know kids are like oh my god well it costs so much more like you know come to you and I go you're like it's yeah a it's the equipment that I have is not like planet fitness it is not like Mike you know these local places LA fitness whatever you know I've had and I've had kids that come to the gym like that I went with my you know, can you coach, can you grab me the workout for the today? I'm going to go with my friend. And they're like, wow, commercial gyms are terrible. Like how does an athlete train there to get better? Like, that's just not, and I go, yeah, they're not built to do that. I go, that's why there's facilities like mine or, you know, boils or even these other places like athletic, but I go, they're set up the way they are because that's how you have to train to be an athlete. I go, it's not just show up and look good. That doesn't make you a better athlete. You know what I mean? Or just show up and be stronger. Those things may not hurt you in being an athlete, but if your performance isn't increasing, then it doesn't really matter, you know? So it's, it's tough, but yeah, like it's, you're also paying me for my experience, my time, my track record of helping other athletes go to play. You know what I mean? Like people don't understand. It's just, you know, like you can go to, you know, not to use, use a bad moniker, but you can go to some, you know, random chain haircut place and get your haircut for 10 bucks. Or you can go to some place, you know, New York City, Carmichael Salon, or whoever the heck these places are, and it costs you hundred dollars. Well, why are you willing to spend the extra hundred ninety dollars? They're still cutting your hair with the same things, right? It's still a pair of scissors. It's still, you know what I mean? Like, to me, like, and not that I know, because my head, you know, and my head shaved, but it's just like, you know, people say that, like, you know, I'm gonna go do this, or I'm gonna go to, you know, I'm gonna buy the five dollar makeup versus I'm gonna buy the two hundred dollar makeup. Like, what's the difference? Why? Why are you willing to spend that money? If you know the reason why, then that's it's not a it's not a problem to you. If your only reason that you're saying is oh, I don't want to pay that money just because I want to be cheap and I can do it myself, then well, you're going to get those results for yourself, you know, too at the same time. Right. I think that's so hard, especially now with everybody being a fitness professional on Instagram or oh, yeah. <laughs> YouTube, and you have all these fitness influencers, and they're like, "Well, I can get this workout out for free," but I'm like it's just hard because it's like you could hurt yourself you're not doing it right you could Mm -hmm. do worse to your body I mean any type of working out is great for you whether you're just walking but I think it's hard because it's you you, people are out there trying to influence you to buy their program and to me just buying a program and someone writing me out a workout or a diet plan virtually it just doesn't make sense I would like you said pay the money go in person if you can right now it's tough i'm sure but as things change you you're you have the equipment to ensure success in the training that they need it's yep. not just one program based you're making this program based on what their needs are and what their weaknesses are and where 
they need to accomplish. I think that's the hardest thing for kids to know because they just, you know, they see these Instagram photos of perfect bodies, but it's like, you don't know if they're taking steroids, what else they're doing, you know, if they're even eating, if they're healthy, what they look like 24 hours a day. You may just see that two second photo and it's just, it's hard. It's hard for um, anybody, not just kids, but I think adults to understand that a training facility like yours, a one-on-one training, you've been there. You've been an athlete. You've been a coach. You've seen the injuries. You've seen what kids can actually do. Yeah, it's completely different. Uh, you know, like I said, being stronger, being in better shape, those things, everything to some degree can help. And, you know, I'm like, I'll always say to the kids that doing a bad training program and doing it well is still better than no training program. You're still going to see some results. They may not be the best results and you could end up getting hurt from it. But long-term, it's still going to be better than doing nothing. Doing nothing is guaranteed to get you hurt if you're going to play a sport at a high level. So would I prefer that they come to mind because I have more experience and expertise in that specific niche of what they're trying to do? Yeah. Like, you know, I've had people come to my gym and be like, hey, I want to get prepared for a bodybuilding show. And I go, well, I don't really know anything about that. I've never done a bodybuilding show. You know, I don't focus on the diet or whatever, that side of it, and like dieting down, being shredded on stage. But I have friends that do. So I say, hey, here's his name, here's his email, go give him a call. He'll be glad to help you out. You know, same thing. And like, you know, specific athletes for certain things, like, you know, I happen to be a throws coach. I happen to do one-on-one training. I've had people get sent to me, you know, from other towns or whatever and saying like, hey, you know, we don't have a coach. Who can I do? Go see this guy, you know, he'll help you out. But it's, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. It's like, I know, I don't want to say my wheelhouse. Could I help somebody be a bodybuilder? Sure. I know how to train them, but like, I've never gone on to stage and done a competition. So the stuff that's going to come along with that, like mentally that you have to learn is a totally different thing. And like you said, I don't mind people doing online training. And right now, the way things are with shit is like, I get it. But like, you know, you better be doing like video check-ins, this other stuff. Like I have people ask me for programs that moved away. And like, honestly, yeah, yeah, sure. It's good that I get a little extra money for it. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know that they're doing it right. I can't be with them 24 hours. I don't see them doing it, you know? And like, it makes it hard on me because I'm like, I know what I want to see out of this program. I know what the program can achieve. I know what things should look like. And just because you're telling me this is what it looks like, doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a, it's a 50, 50. I try to make it work as best I can, but you know, like I said, these days and like the way things are right now, that I'm a little bit more open to it, but in the past I haven't been open to it. It's pretty much, you had to come to my facility or that was, that was it. So I think that's really hard because, um, you know, people sometimes, like you said, want to take the easy route out and they'll say, I want a program, let's do it virtually. And they try it for maybe two months and then they're like, oh, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. it's just like, well, I mean, I even have like, <laughs> I was going to say, I've even had like, uh, you know, kids like, you know, during it, like whatever, like, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to keep coming or whatever. Like I got a home gym and then like, they do that for a month of like, okay, that sucked. It's not even the same. Like I need the atmosphere of being there. Like I need all the stuff you have, not just the minimal stuff, like in order to get what I need to get. And so. Right. It's not just about lifting weights and having the biggest biceps. It's cross training your whole body and showing that each piece of your body connects well enough to ensure that you can do the motion or whatever you're, you're supposed to be doing as an athlete. And it's, it's tough. Cause like you said, everyone has a home gym right now, but is it actually achieving what you need to achieve to be that athlete you hope to be? Um, So hopefully, you know, as things change, as we we're almost to the end, thankfully, fingers crossed, um, Mm -hmm. 
definitely moving in the right direction anyway. Right. I agree. <laughs> what was your mindset when you were starting this facility? What did you look for and what steps did you take to create this facility? Basically, it was just looking at like, you know, the impact of sports, like what the body is going to be asked to do, how, you know, people need to be able to move and train and, you know, what ways they can, you can never uh, cancel out injury completely. That's just an impossibility, you know? So I try to find ways to mitigate injuries through variations of training that we do, you know, just having some regular small stuff. Like when I first started out, like I said, I was a sublease at a CrossFit gym. You know, I had a thousand square feet. I had a couple squat racks, you know, we had the bare minimum of what you needed to do and we, and we made it work, but the program was never, it couldn't be what I wanted it to be because I didn't have the facility that I needed to have, you know? So we need to have, open space so you know where i am now in wakefield is just a large like i have two garage bays but one of the garage bays is just larger 2500 square feet wide open you know we have you know indoors we have 15 yards of t like 15 about almost 20 yards of turf you know straight up that's like five yards wide so we do all kinds of skill work everything you know free movement you know sleds jumps whatever you know we got squat racks we got everything else so it's all that kind of stuff we don't have machines is a big thing that like, because <laughs> sure, it might be nice and fluff and whatever, and people like it. But I said to be an athlete, when was the last time you sat down on a pec deck machine on a field to play a sport? It doesn't happen, you know? So, um, and like, I've even used the word like functional training. Like I say, it's functional performance training to me, like, yeah, functional is a word that gets thrown around, whatever, for different kind of meetings. Truly all functional means is that you have the ability to perform a task. Okay, the task that I want you to perform to be able to do is to be able to perform better. So functional performance is like, I'm going to use mold your body in a way that allows you to use it better when you go perform the sport you want to play. So that means like, we're going to look at nuances of like how to train from the ground up because all power you develop is whatever's touching the ground. You know, so whether that's pitching, hitting, whatever, like I go, if, you know, I always, a joke would be like, <laughs> I always say like, okay, here's what we're going to do. If you don't think that like pushing through the ground matters, well, I'm going to have you lift your right foot in the air. Okay. Now jump off your right foot. They're like, I can't, I go right. Cause the second your foot leaves the ground, you can no longer develop power. It's like kids at the young age don't understand that. You know what I mean? So, but it's like, so why do we have to do core training? What is the core? Like everything's core is like, I need to have a six pack. That's your core. That has nothing to do with your core. Yeah. Your core is like your deep abdominal muscles. It's, and it's literally your kneecaps to like the bottom of your chest. So it's the whole interconnectivity without getting scientific that like basically combines the lower half of your body to the upper half of your body. One weak link in that chain can like derail everything that you want to do athletically. So you really have to like understand how to train that in a way that's going to help you better move, you know, your body when you're playing sports. So developing a facility that allowed for a place to do all of that, you know, a free wall for medicine ball throws, you know, we use tires, sledgehammers, like I said, sleds, um, just the turf agilities, you know, squat racks, squatting, jumping, you know, pushing everything, you know, it need to be very open, well-rounded. It's just an open space where you can do things like you're a field sport athlete, but in a facility too, at the same time. And that makes sense. I know it's more expensive to run your own facility, but it also gives you the options to run more programs and buy the equipment you know you need. 
mm-hmm. for the athletes and give a variety of training to the athletes. Did you have any certain support, certain people who helped you start this journey or was it just you alone? Uh, yeah, pretty much uh, my parents, uh, you know, helped me a little bit. Um, I have a couple friends, you know, that, you know, have definitely donated their time and some expertise and help me put stuff together. You know, some were able to give me some money when I first moved to get the stuff set up. But I mean, for the most part, I mean, it's taken me the amount of time that it's taken me, you know, like I graduated in 2008. I didn't have my own facility, you know, start my own facility until in 2018. You know, that was so that was 10 years of just training and working and training and working and saving up. And, you know, I did my best. I don't have any other investors. I don't have any other like, you know, silent partners or whatever. Like I am 100 percent owner and 100 percent of what you see in that gym is 100 percent of what I paid for um you know from my own pocket you know so you know people say like they look at me and go oh it's a little too expensive you know i think i'm going to go down the street to mike's for 20 bucks instead of you know 40 bucks to come to you and i'm like gee thanks you know like i appreciate that man like they don't give a crap about you whether you show up or not they want your 20 bucks and if you don't show up that's actually better for them you know that's the i try to tell people that's their hope that's our hope. I go, right. I go, I go, that is the planet fitness model of business. It's not for you to go there and get better. It's for you to give them $10 a month to forget about it. You know, they want a hundred million members that pay $10 a month and they only want a million of you to show up. That's why their cancellation you know? policies are like, it's like pulling a tooth. Right. They oh, want yeah, like yeah. your blood signature to yep. say you're canceled. And then they call you 10 more times. Are you sure you want to cancel? Are you sure you want yeah. to cancel? And then like, yeah, you're sure you want to cancel after like, yeah, they, they they keep calling you for like four or five more months too. Well, they're still charging the entire time. Right. You know? And so, then you have to dispute I mean, everything. It's just, right. I think that's the hardest thing for you competing with these gyms is the, lo- right. the lower fee. But like you said, what you're getting out of there to compare to what you're getting out of your facility is two different worlds it's yeah. two, it's yeah. you know which will which i can say will segue into like another part of that is that like if the first thing somebody comes to me and says like how come your gym isn't ten dollars like planet fitness i go you're welcome to go there you're not because ultimately if the first thing you're going to do when you walk in the door to a facility like mine is say why does it cost more well then you're not the type of person who needs to come to my facility anyway so it's a very like you said, it's not it's a niche facility we do i will cater to everybody and i will help anybody like i have like i said i have kids that are nine years old to come to the gym to train and I also have grandmothers that are 75 years old to come and train at the gym so it's not like it's an all-inclusive you better be a division one college athlete and kick ass it's the difference is like it's a place where you're going to come you're going to work hard like we're going to train you right like and you're going to use specialized equipment that other places just don't have and yeah it does cost a little bit more money to have that stuff you know and like and you're going to get my experience my expertise the other trainers experience and expertise it's not just like you're just walking in off the street and doing whatever. If that's just what you want to do, then there's other places you can do that for less money, but they're not, you know, you might not get the same results or the same thing or the same community or atmosphere you're going to get at our facility. Right. And it's an investment. It's how much you want to invest into your training and into your health. It's great if, you know, you just want to walk on a treadmill and just get healthy and lower your blood pressure. But if you're going in because you want to get strong and, get big muscles and look your greatest, maybe that's an investment. But after a while, you know, I noticed when I attended a gym all the time, I got bored after a year or two. And it's Mm -hmm. like the same equipment. Am I learning new exercises? Uh, Nothing's changing besides maybe a little growth, but then you kind of come to this point where you don't change and then you get frustrated and then you quit. So Mm -hmm. that's another thing is after a year, do you know what to do next? Right. If you're going to do it on your own for $10, you know, like, Hey, you're going to, I always say, you're going to get what you pay for. I mean, like I said, there's kids that I've trained 
uh, you know, I started with them eighth grade, you know, they're out of college now. They still come to my gym and pay me to train them. And we're still making progress. So, I mean, you're talking eight, nine, 10 years down the road. I mean, that's something to be said about longevity, especially because, you know, I as like a power lifter or an athlete or whatever, like I was able to keep getting strong after 10, 15, 20 years of training. So there's nuances to that, that you have to learn how to do things you need to manipulate understandings of the human body and all these things that go on inside of it. Like any, like a good, I can't, I never remember who said it, but a good joke was like, you know, any idiot can make somebody tired, you know, but not anybody, any good coach, not, there's not just any coach can make somebody better. Like you can come to the gym and I can give you a half hour workout and I can absolutely crush you. Did you get better? Maybe, maybe not. You know, it's a question. Like, sure, your cardio could have got better, but like, where did that one workout where you got crushed, did that help you two years down the road when you were trying to compete for a state championship? Were you thinking about that? Because I was when I wrote your workout now, where I want you to be a year or two from here. But that's like, a kid doesn't understand that. A lot of adults don't even understand that. You know, like you tell me you have a goal, like, hey, I want to bench 400 pounds. Okay, great. What do you bench right now? 200. Okay, so we got 200 pounds to go. What are your, what's your plan to get there? Well, I'm going to show up to the gym and I'm going to do, I'm going to show up and I'm going to work up and I'm going to do 200 pounds today for one. And then next time I come, I'm going to try to do 205. And then I'm going to, and I go, okay, that might work for three months or whatever. You're going to burn out. You just can't do that all the time. There's variables you have to manipulate and you have to know how to manipulate them. I go, there's smaller muscles you have to train other than just the bench press, other exercises that need to be used, that need to be cycled, that need to be done long-term in order to get those goals. It's just not as easy as like, I'm just going to show up and every week I'm going to add five pounds. If that was the answer, the world records would be, you know, in the millions of people would be bench pressing a million pounds. That's not, that's not how it works, you know? So, but the average person doesn't understand that, but that's, hey, more power to them if they think that's how it works. <laughs> right. It's funny when you talk about that, because I think about, you know, those jokes you see on the, the internet about guys with big chest, big arms, and the smallest legs. And, you know, you see these guys look ultra muscular, but they can't run, run a mile. And it's just, right. you know, you see healthy people all around you, but they can't do a push up or they can't do a pull up or, you know, they can't even walk a long distance. It's just, yep. it's just funny you mentioned that because it's just all about the way you see it and how you actually want to train yourself and your goal. Because what happens when you reach that 400 bench press? What's next? Right. Yeah. Well, you want to do like, you know, that's why I say like, that's, that is the form and the function part, you know, like. Yes, being strong is great. But, you know, like I always tell the kids, I go, when I played sports, I was much smaller than I am now or much smaller than I was even before I had the surgeries that I've been having currently uh, with the issues that I have. Um, but I said, like, once I got past a certain weight, the only thing that I was good at doing was squatting, benching and deadlifting. That was it. I go, yeah, I could squat nearly 700 pounds. But to get up off the couch to walk across the house to take a whiz, like made me tired. Like, that's it. You know what I mean? Like I could go in the gym. We're going to deadlift 700 pounds. Great. Okay. I'm going to go home the rest of the day and take a nap. I wasn't going to go play pickup football, basketball, but like, so I made the choice at that point. Like I'm going to be as strong as I can possibly be, but that also means that other things are going to be sacrificed. So there's things you need to understand. Like if you want to do certain things or you want to get to certain levels, other things may have to suffer because of that, which is the average person may not understand that. You know what I mean? So, which is tough. Like, but I said, if you're just looking to generally be healthy and fun, like if your goal is to perform the task of being functional is to literally live your life easier then how strong do you really need to be, you know, or how fit do you really need? It's like, it's a very relative thing. Do you need to run a four minute mile 
to live a good life? Probably not. Do you need to bench press 500 pounds to live a good life? Probably not. Are those things that could be fun for you specifically? Sure. But you also have to realize if those are things you're going to do, other things in areas of your life are going to suffer. So, you know, trying to get somebody to understand that when you talk to them can be difficult. But ultimately, at some point, those are probably conversations that some people need to have to understand the choices that they're making. That kind of leads into um, the what I was going to ask you in terms of owning your own training facility. How do you get clients and what's the way you do that? Is it just past athletes, word of mouth? How does that work? Um, yeah, so pretty much the only way you can join my facility is, um, is to be referred. So either you have to be somebody that I personally know, somebody that I personally know knows you, or somebody who is personally trained there is basically willing to vouch for you. Because we're looking for... I don't say looking for a specific type of clientele, but we're looking for a specific type of people. So it's not just like, you know, you always see like the videos on Instagram or whatever, like you said, you know, the guys in the background texting on his phone, checking out the girl while she's doing hip thrusts or whatever, like those kinds of people don't come to my gym, you know, like everybody at my gym is there. Like they understand it's like serious business. Like you're there to work. Nobody like, you know, nobody really bothers anybody else. Like most people put their headphones on, they get to work. They have a program like, you know, it's dedicated, it's a different type of mentality at a facility like mine than just like you said, you know, go to Planet Fitness, pay 10 bucks, walk on the treadmill, do jack all of nothing, you know, like, it's a certain type of people, a certain type of mentality, like, that's what we're looking for, and like, I want more people like that, that are going to bring that to the table, you know, but like, at the same time, it's not like people don't keep to themselves, people are cheerful, they help each other, like, people will spot each other, people will lift each other up, people will push each other in the gym, like even if they're not training on the same program or they're not training together, but they have that like group mentality, community aspect of like, we're all here because we're serious about getting better. That's why we joined this facility or, you know, somebody who came here joined this facility and they were getting better. They wanted me to join to see what it was all about, you know, versus like you said, just going to a regular run of the mill gym and just doing whatever, you know? I think that's a huge piece of your um, business is that you need a referral something to vouch for you I think that's so important because then you have you're not wasting anyone's time you're not wasting anyone's money and you are there yourself you the owner is there for them and I think that makes it more personal and that's something I would look for instead of like you said you know even if you went into a gym who's a trainer people can just sign up but I think the referral pieces, you're creating a environment of hard workers. It's an environment where everyone's there for a goal and they're not there to just joke around, sit on their phone, do Instagram photos, take videos, nope. blog. They're there to work and succeed. And that's yeah, I mean, I've actually, changed I mean, even the like, mentality of everyone there. Oh, yeah. I mean, even like there's some youth athletes and stuff or like, you know, parents that I've had to talk to and said, you know, your kids show up, they don't want to do anything they're told, they don't want to listen, they go, you know, they want to be on their phone, they want to goof off, and I said, here's their money back, don't send them here again, you know, and I'm like, I'll tell the other parents that referred them there, I said, don't be, don't be sending kids like that, like, if you know that kid's a problem on your kid's team, like, if he's always the goof and the coach is always yelling at him, you know, he needs to go somewhere else to get help first and fix out whatever's wrong with his mentality, but I'm not a babysitter, you know, so this isn't the place you're going to come, and, you know, with adults, it's the same thing, if you're going to come there, you're going to goof off, you're going to do, and mostly adults don't goof off, so to speak, you know what I'm saying? But like, if you're just going to come there and sit and text on your phone and like not do anything, you're not the kind of person that I want there either, you know, like that's just not, you know, so we're looking to move past that, you know, so. 
And it's nice for people who are serious about their training. People are there to, like I said, just achieve their goals and they're serious and you're serious. So you don't have to worry about, you know, waiting in line for a bench or waiting in line for a press or any of that. It's just, you know what you're there for. Everyone's there for the same goal. And that's, I think, the biggest piece about why someone should spend money at your facility is that you're not being bothered. You're not yeah, worrying no, about yeah, your yeah. safety. You're not worried about being hit on or any of that crap. Nope. Although, yeah, there is a few couples that have <laughs> come about because of my facility, but that is definitely not. It wasn't in issue, like a creepy way. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, definitely. I mean, hey, you know, two good looking people want to like each other. I mean, who am I to say no? You know, that's just the way that it I is agree. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you're running on a treadmill and some guy walks up to you. Yeah, there's no, yeah, like going on the treadmill behind you to stare at your butt while you're doing it or whatever. Right, no, exactly. Yeah, you, know, I, uh, I, you know, it's that, and I think that's the thing about your facility is the comfortability of knowing that they can go in, be themselves, not have to look the greatest going into the gym. You're just there to literally get your workouts on, do your best. You're going to sweat. You're going to look ugly, but yep. so is everyone else. So is everybody else. That's it. That's why, I mean, that's, like I said, that's like, if you get the right type of people with the right type of mentality, and like I said, through a referral process. So the people that know that they're coming, know that this is the deal. If you don't like the deal, well, sure. I could use your money, but I'll find somebody else who does know the deal, who is willing to do that, who's willing to spend the money, who's going to fit in right. And you can go somewhere else and be a dink somewhere else. You know, I don't really care. So sure. You've had a lot of uh, conversations about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. One of the plenty of times. <laughs> um, you know, what were some obstacles about starting this that you've learned over time? I would say that there's a lot more to it, especially being the train, not just being the owner, but also being a trainer there that trains people, you know, eight, 10 hours a day. Sometimes, you know, people say like, oh, you know, it's a dream job. I'd love to just have the gym. And it's like, yo, man, like, it's not like writing programs, 20 hours a week, training people 50 hours a week, doing all the bookkeeping 20 hours a week, you know, um, checking in with people 10 hours a week, whatever the case may be. I go, you add up all this stuff when you're running it by yourself. And, you know, like my mom helps me with the bookkeeping and other small stuff, but I go, you know, you're putting in a minimum of a hundred, 120, 140 hours a week. Sometimes I go, you know, I don't have an, I don't have a life. People like, you know, aren't you going to date somebody? Don't you want a family and kids? And I go, man, I don't have time for myself to take care of myself. Never mind, Take care of anything else. I go, yeah, if a girl's cool with going on a date on like a 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, that's when I got free time but I haven't met anyone yet who's into that. So it's just kind of like, this is the way that it is, you know? And it's like, you know, people say like, you know, why does it, you, like I said, you know, why do you charge this? Why do you do that? And it's like, if you knew the amount of time and effort that went in behind the scenes, not even just like me physically being there, you know, it was like 70, 80 hours a week. That's like half of what has to happen in order for this business to run, you know? So I wouldn't necessarily say that they are obstacles, so to speak. It's just that it's like, you really have to have your entire life invested into it if you're going to do it on your own. Now, could I have taken two or three others investors and had them do their separate things and whatever, and then I only own 50%? Sure, that's, you know, that's always a possibility. And sometimes those businesses work out better, but that's not my mentality. You know, I was growing up to like, when I was brought up, is it like, you work hard, you do things for yourself, you take care of yourself. And like, if you work hard at hard enough, long enough, good things will happen, you know, and like, the business has grown every single year. And I've been able to cut back a little bit every year on how much I have to put into it, um, which has helped. And, you know, getting other people in that help me that do a good job too. 
has made a big difference, but it's, yeah, it's ultimately the sacrifice, you know, and then like, without talking too much about the money, but I mean, like, <laughs> it's a lot, you know, and I have friends that say, oh, how come you haven't bought a house yet or this or that? And I go, the equipment that I own, plus the rent that I pay to own my facility is more than you paid for your house and it's more than your mortgage. So it's not as like, <laughs> you know, I can't flip a coin and be like, hey man, you know, it cost me almost $3,500 a month to run this place. Like I don't get to pay another $3,500 in mortgage when I got $250,000 in equipment. You know, like this isn't like, you know, and then, like I said, you do it on your own. It makes it tougher, you know, and whether you can cut that part out or not of the other thing, but that's, you know, this is kind of the way that it goes, you know, that it's, you know, it's my time, my effort, and I'm willing to put everything that I own on the line in order to make it a success which means that I eat, sleep, you know, breathe, live it. Like, this is it. Like, if it dies, I die. So I'm, I'm putting it all on the line. And I'm, you know, we're getting close. And 2020 certainly didn't help <laughs> with all this crazy bullshit, but we're still here. We're still standing. We didn't close. And I know I have other friends that closed their businesses, you know, and that, you know, broke my heart to see that happen because I wasn't, I'm not in a position that I can give them the money out of my pocket that I need to just to keep myself, you know, afloat. Like, I'm just, you know, we're month to month right now, just making it happen. That's all I'm hopeful is that we get out the other side and then we'll be okay. I know that I can't make enough right now operating at 50%, even at 50%, you know, at one point we're at 25%, you know? So it's like, you know, can I make enough doing that at 25% that I can stay open? Yes. Then that's all I care right now, you know, which means that other things have to be sacrificed. So I'm not going to do other, you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to go on vacation. I'm not going to go travel or whatever, like not that you could anyways this year, but you know what I mean? Like that's like other things just had to get cut back and that's just the way that it is. I think that's the hardest part for um, young adults or anyone who wants to own a business kind of doesn't see always that side. They see the successful like Jeff Bezos or, you know, the successful business owners who make millions and they have this lavish lifestyle, but it all starts from living maybe in your car while you support your business or like you said living at home you're you, you don't pay yourself out until years later it, no, you don't get pay, the I payment mean, right away me paying me paying my, yeah i would say me paying myself is me giving myself money to pay my personal bills so you know what i'm saying like there's no fun spending money or whatever so to speak it's just <laughs> like i write a check from the business to pay my car loan <laughs> you know what i mean like that's pretty much um <clears throat> but yeah it's the same way you know it's like you know, at some point, I hope, hey, the gym's really good. Great, you're making, you know, whatever, six, seven figures a year and all this stuff and things are good. And people be like, oh, you know, like you have it so easy. Yeah, man, it was an overnight success. You know, it's now it's 2028. It started 20 years ago. That was my overnight success. You know, like you didn't, the people who come then didn't see everything that I went through to get to that point, you know, which is, it's not their fault either. But like, that's like, people don't always know the background story. and People don't ask the background story. So how do you know, you know? Right. And that's, that comes down to why are you so much? Why, why are we paying for this facility? It's, it's right. just, it's the background. It's not what just, you see the equipment and you see me doing what I love. It's literally everything else you're paying for to keep the lights on, to keep it right. ventilated, to keep the equipment up and running for you guys to enjoy this stuff, to for trainers, yeah. to train you for the equipment, to write your programs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, I didn't pay like a, a $20,000 franchise fee one time. And then Planet Fitness came in and put in all the equipment. You know what I mean? And then I pay them a percentage of the, you know, the membership. That's not, I go, I pay for it all. I put it all in. <laughs> I pay for every single dollar. That go, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's a totally different thing altogether. But like I and said, it's, not, it's person, not cheap. Your equipment's no. not cheap. It's, it's not no, like, like you're I buying said, a mean, bench press. You're, you're buying equipment that's multifunctional. Yeah. 
I said, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm like, uh, in the equipment between the two rooms is over $200,000 out of my own pocket, you know, so it's not a. An alarm system too now. <laughs> yep. Alarm systems. Yeah. I can't, I got a camera system going in other stuff like that. So, you know, to plug, you know, stereo systems, other small, it's just, you know, it's every little bit that adds up, even like people don't, I mean, like this, you know, now we're in 2020, Hey, you got to clean everything. You got to do extra cleaning. Okay. Well, the cleaning solution that the CDC requires cost me like $200 a month. Well, that's two hundred dollars a month a year ago that I wasn't paying, you know. And like you might think, oh, two hundred dollars a month isn't that much. Well, it's twenty four hundred dollars a year, and I'm talking about breaking even on a and year. That's we're only got so many clients capacity. as well. You got to you know, think of that go, in clients when I go too. Think that, that you I go two hundred dollars a month for the cleaning. I go, okay, now I need like you know, I need ten more people in the gym right. or whatever, like <laughs> every month in order to. And just make thinking that about what you've lost this year, you have to make up for that as well. Right. Yep. What was this year like when COVID hit? Um, besides a disaster. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was kind of crazy to be honest with you. Um, the only, probably the only good thing that came out of it was that during the spring, I was actually going to start doing what we've now more or less completed, um, was we were going to do like a revamp of the facility, like painting and all that stuff. So from March to June, because we couldn't be open, <laughs> uh, it was a little bit easier to do that. Cause we didn't have to worry about moving stuff like, you know, um, you know, the facility is pretty much like everybody will know, like it's a constant work in progress, you know? So I'm always like tinkering, like move something here, move something there. Like how does the flow of the gym work? Like move this piece of equipment there, whatever. So, you know, three months of nobody in there made it real easy to move stuff around, paint, whatever I want to do, whatever I wanted, not have to worry about it. Um, but obviously not having the clients in there made it really hard. Um, the only good thing that was, is that, uh, you know, a lot of the clients that I have and, you know, some other friends and local people, um, I ended up renting out all my gym equipment and writing programs for people that they could do with their house with the equipment that they rented. Um, you know, so that it helped me stay afloat, you know, basically during that time. And then, you know, when we were allowed to reopen, you know, personal training in June, you know, it's been hard because I definitely lost some clients that even to this day are still not comfortable coming back, which I completely understand, you know, but like, you know, knock on wood since reopening last June, I mean, we've had pretty close to like 10,000 people come to the gym and we've had zero cases linked to the gym. You know, so we have a large, I have like, you know, a 20 foot tall garage door. I have ventilation system. You know, I have air purifiers. We clean everything every single day. We spray sanitize everything every single night. You know, I have a carbon monoxide detector. So, which is, they said is like biggest for ventilation. So basically like you leave, all you have to do is look at the readout. If the number's above 800, that means now it's getting a little high and the air particles that are in there could be caught. Like, you know, you could cause people could get whatever. If it's at like 400 to 500, it's the same as being outdoors, you know? So I just pretty much like we open the door, close the door, whatever you got to do, turn the heat on, you know, it's a little tougher in the winter because around here, you know, you get 20 degrees, but like I said, knock on wood, we've made it work. We've done everything good and everybody's, you know, been very responsible for the things they have to do. You know, nobody's like in each other, like it's not a kind of facility where people are on top of each other in each other's faces unless they want to be, you know, and I'm not like, uh, I'm not going to yell at two people. If somebody's going to spot somebody on the bench press and they're supposed to be sick, you like, I'd rather them not die <laughs> or whatever than be, you know, so if they're comfortable with it, then it's fine. But I mean, you know, everyone's making their own choice in the facility, you know, like, you know, I mean, you know, we don't do as much high, like we do some high intensity training for the athletes, but it's a different type of high intensity training. It's not like, you know, everything's ball. So wall, people breathe on, you know what I mean? And like, we allow people to go outside, get breaks, whatever water breaks and all that kind of stuff. Same as if it's a sports practice. So I'm not like, and I'm not harping on people jumping down their throats. Like you gotta go fast. You gotta do this, whatever. Like, 
you know, we're working on masks now. Do I think the masks are great? We are working out. No, I don't think they're good at all. Why would, if masks were great for working out, people would have been playing sports in them all the time or whatever, you know? So I definitely don't think it helps people breathing. So I understand that. So like, you know, we take things a little slower. We still ask them to work hard, but within reason, you know, and like whatever that takes. So it's just a different, things have changed as much as they're still the same though too, but it's just like how you adapt to what you have to do to make it work, you know? I think that's, that's the it. biggest thing about you having your own business and people attending, you know, you you check on all the check all the boxes that need to be checked to ensure the safety of everybody in there, your coaches, you, your participants. I think, you know, if you're going over to Planet Fitness, they're not doing the ventilation. Most likely well, I mean, not. I, I, yeah. I can't imagine them doing that for every facility they own. I mean, I know, I mean, I have friends that, you know, go to places like that and they said yeah nobody wipes down the equipment still like nobody does they never did stuff. before like, anyways they never did before they never will again and i go and i go i'm not going to say that we sprayed every single dumbbell or whatever every single day we were there but i mean we cleaned the benches we cleaned the st- you know what i mean like the normal high touch areas were cleaning before this anyways you know so it's not like that wasn't new it's just now we're more you know whatever on top of it and plus it's i know every single person that personally walks through the door when they walk through the door and I have access to seeing all of them, whatever they touch and whatever they use. Like, so they know that I'm paying attention to whether they clean it or not. And they all had to sign a waiver when this all happened that said, if you're not going to clean it, if you're not going to follow protocols, I'm going to kick your ass out. And it's your likelihood. It's your, you would right. lose the I business go, if livelihood. people you know, start getting sick. You know, like I said to him, I said, it's as simple as if somebody comes in here and like you spread it because you're being an asshole and I have to shut down for two weeks. I go, we might not open back up. I don't know. Fab is twice in a row. I'm close for a month. How am I supposed to make that money? You're going to pay it. Yeah. If the answer is no, then you better not be an asshole and you better not do that shit here. You know? So that's the biggest difference. It's your livelihood. What would you do if you closed and you don't have, you don't want to think about it. You can't take that risk. So you're going to ensure that you're doing everything you can to make sure that everyone's safe. And if price goes up for this month or during COVID, it's for your safety. And yep. I think you know prices will go down in the big gyms because they're losing all their money mm-hmm. so you know oh, yeah, I mean, like all like the I mean, like boston sports clubs like half of them close around here i mean you, right you can't have a thousand square foot facility with all that you know the amount of money you'd have to pay in rent around here and only be able to have 20 percent of the people coming to the gym is just not and cleaning you know, that large facility and itself. then cleaning that larger facility is right to be able to do that on a daily basis you know to the degree that it needs to be cleaned you know by their standards is just you'd be paying a thousand dollars a day just to do that probably you know what i mean so and you have to pay employees to clean it and do i'm mm-hmm. sure you're outsourcing the cleaning the people who clean it at nighttime it's it's a lot and i think that's the hardest thing for small business owners now during covid is you're spending more money to ensure that you stay open if a planet fitness closes there's 10 other ones right. there's 20 other ones if you close oh, yeah. that's that's it that's it. Yeah, there's still a, there's a million of them in the country, you know, so whatever. One of them closes. It might be bad for that one person who was the franchisee owner, but the Planet Fitness parent company doesn't give it, you know, really give it. Right. They got their twenty they got their twenty five thousand dollars for their franchise fee and see you later, you know. Would there be anything else you would want to do if you didn't open a facility? Did you ever think about it anything else? Um, pretty much the only other thing that I had ever wanted to do was maybe be a college level coach. Um but you know, I'm not big on the, I don't really know. I'd say it's, it's hard to describe to people. Like I'm an introvert that lives an extrovert lifestyle. You know, I'm a very quiet person. I like my me time. I like my spending time to myself. Like I leave the gym and I don't want to go see other people. So, 
you know, the number one thing that got to me about college is that you have to recruit, you have to go to visit people, you have to do that stuff. Like I would love to do the scouting of the talent of athletes and like that, but you know, I don't go out of my way to talk to people. It's like selling a car. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not a salesman. You know, that's the worst part of the business for me. It's like, I just tell people, I say, Hey, the price is the price paid or don't paid or don't like, I'm not going to sell you on it. Like either it's, it's going to make sense to you that you want to come here and do this or you don't really, you know what I mean? I'm not going to hack. There's no haggling. It is what it is, you know? So, and I've said it at what it needs to be set at in order for the facility to stay open and be successful. Uh, so, you know, if I could do it for less, I would do it for less. If I needed to do it for more, then I would do it for more. But I, you know, I found the spot that it fits and that's where I stay, you know, for now. Could I charge more, especially, you know, for my personal training, the group training? For sure, 100%. Because I have a higher success rate than a lot of other places that are charging a lot more money than I am. But it's always been my mantra that I want to help more people. So I never wanted lack of funds or money for people to come to be the one deterrent that allowed an athlete to get the proper training they needed to succeed how they wanted to succeed. And I think that's admirable of you to allow the opportunity for everyone to take part in your program. And, you know, it's, I think, like you said, I'm just like you, I'm an introvert living an extrovert life, you know, not saying I'm fake while I'm at work, but I'm not going to go and sell you something that I don't believe in. I just can't go off into a job where I have to sell things or be fake or sell a product I don't believe in. Like even my mom jokes and says like, you know, like if somebody gets you talking about the gym or sport or certain things, like you can go on and on and on about all this stuff that people don't even know exists. You know what I mean? And like, you know, I'll be so animated or whatever, but then like, you know, if somebody just wants like small talk about bullshit, like I just don't. (laughs) Like I'm it's perfectly hard. comfortable. It's hard. Right. Like I'm just comfortable sitting here and not talking. If you just <laughs> want to talk about bullshit that I don't care about, I'd rather not talk than you know. And it's, like, it, but for you, you're working 24-7. So you don't have time to keep up with social media. You don't have time right. to look at the trends. You know, it's just that's the that's not your life. You have time oh, yeah. for your the only business. way that I know I'll say the only way I know about any of that shit is when the kids come in and they tell me about something. That's about the, it. You know? Same so. here. I wouldn't <laughs> some of their words they use, I had to look up like an urban oh, yeah. dictionary. I'm like, oh, oh, oh yeah. okay, don't say that. Oh yeah, the change of the words that we used to use now too. Oh you know, my it's god, like, it's so yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. Do you mind just talking about a little bit about the business, how people can, um, in terms of joining, what they have to do, how they can reach out to you? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, pretty much uh, basic is I have uh, Barefit Athletics is on Instagram. Okay. And then at uh, Twitter is Barefit Athletic because apparently the S, it's too long of a name. Um, Facebook also on there, Barefit Athletics. And then I have a website is bearfts.com um, or they can email me at jd at bearfts.com. And where we're located, right in Wakefield, uh, 65 New Salem Street. We're in units four and five. Uh, it's a little awkward when you first come there. The building is built sideways. So, like, you have to kind of drive down an alleyway to come to the side of the garage building. It doesn't face the street. So it faces the parking lot. Because um, most people will pull up out front and be like, where the hell do I go in? It's not, Where's yeah. the man in the <laughs> trench coat with the directions? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, that guy. You got to have someone stand on. You got to get one of those, like, the progressive commercial with the guy with the sign swinging the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come down this way over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but those places, they can all reach out anytime. I'm, especially when it comes to the gym, <laughs> I'm willing to chat about anything, anytime. Um, if they want to talk about other stuff, well, they got other places to go. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, please reach out. And, uh, you know, I'm willing to, you know, we can talk about anything. I do give discounts too for memberships, personal training, uh, all that stuff for like, you know, 
uh, first responders, teachers, nurses, uh, military, all that stuff too. So that's very kind of you. I'm sure yeah. they appreciate that, especially with everything going on right now. They need all Different. the, we not just them, but we all do, yeah. but I'm sure them specifically need all the help they can get and just feel appreciated. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, year round, not just now, I'm sure they yeah. appreciate the support. Yeah, I've always, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I've always definitely done that. So that's, I appreciate them as much as they appreciate what I can offer them too. So. And I'm sure it helps with their career in general, just the training they get from you. Um, now, is it just you as the trainer? Do, do people have other, um, is there other uh, coaches they can look Yeah, so at? I'm the owner head trainer. And then I have two, there's two other coaches that work there, but they're independent. So they don't work for me. They're not employees, uh, so to speak. But um, they work at the gym. They have their own clients. They get their own clientele. That's really cool. I appreciate you being on the show and just talking about your facility and what it means to you. Um, anyone who's interested, I will be posting the, your link to your Instagram, to your Twitter, Facebook, and your website. And again, guys, this is Justin, and he owns Barefoot Athletics in Wakefield. Give him a peek if you're interested. And Justin, again, thank you for being on the show. Like you said, you're busy as can be, so I appreciate you taking the time to be here and just talk sure. about your business and what you offer and giving us other people options to where to go for athletic training. Certainly, anybody who's serious about training, come on down, we'll work with you. <laughs> awesome, yep, yeah. check them out. And um, this is Allison from the Locally Sourced Podcast and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. <laughs>